Blog Talk Radio. Good afternoon, tennis fans. Welcome to the Yellow Ball Network. This is your host, Coach Denise, exploring tennis blessings and its effects on life journey. Tennis is a wonderful sport, and it might be the vehicle that takes you through the journey. Each week, I will be talking with mentors who may provide the roadmap for your journey. These coaches have paved the pathway for many players and coaches, and most of them have authored books and papers on tennis and life, and they continue to give back today. Who are these mentors? Well, today being the first Thursday of the month, it's Alan Fox, and we'll be joining him in a couple minutes. The second Thursday, next week, will be Coach Chuck Greasy. On the third Thursdays, it's Dr. John Murray. And the fourth Thursday, it's either Coach Scott Williams or Linda LeClaire. And on that occasional fifth Thursday, it might be one of our past mentors like Ashley Hobson or Shelton Cruz, Florida tennis founder and editor of Florida Tennis Magazine, Jim Martz, uh, past college coach, Jim uh, Payless, uh, Tom Farham, uh, or other college coaches. Uh, could be PTR and USPTR executive directors, Dan Santorum and John Emery, the past guests. Uh, any of those college to- coaches who are making news or USTA officials, industry leaders who have been blessed, we've been blessed to have uh, those in past broadcast the last three years, and hopefully we will continue to see them in the future. And because I do believe Dr. King's statement, our lives begin to end the day we become silent about things that matter, Time permitting each week, I will add my personal views on tennis and life. Naturally, you will hear my biased views. I'm no different than the rest of you. And those views will include that the tennis journey should be going through high schools and colleges. I think we, well, I know we have an outstanding uh, show because the good doctor uh, always provides an outstanding uh, broadcast for us, and I might actually look to go a little off uh, schedule, uh, but uh, besides our weekly conversations, the Almighty willing, you will also be able to continue reading my views in Florida Tennis Magazine, and as I have previously expressed, if you disagree, please email me at coach. Denise, that's D-A-N-I-S-E dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. That's Coach Denise dot F-H-S-T-C-A at A-T-T dot net. Who knows? You may see your views in Florida tennis or hear them here on our Coach Denise Sharon Tennis Blessings broadcast. It would not be the first time that's happened. I would like to thank J.P. Weber, the Yellow Ball CEO, for hosting our network. And if you're not following We Coach Tennis on Facebook, you are missing out on useful information. I should also like to thank Wilson Tennis. As you know, uh, I come from a 20-year background of uh, coaching high school tennis and uh, Wilson has just been so supportive with high school tennis. And, of course, we see him with Feather and other players. But uh, they've been 100 years, uh, Wilson, bringing us sports equipment. And I've been blessed to see uh, over 75 of those years. So uh, I just think I owe them uh, recognition. Team Connection is another big supporter of high school tennis. They were having our all-star tournament in Florida. Uh, Team Connection uh, made sure our players and our coaches 
looked outstanding. And if the All-Star game comes again this year and they're asked, I suspect they would probably uh, be willing to uh, dress them again. But they'd like to remind us, Team Connection does, that tennis fuels life. And one last mention would have to go out to Flagler Insurance. Flagler Insurance has been another person that's been very supportive of our high school all-star program. And uh, I hope that gets off the ground again. Uh, That's one of my few regrets of leaving the high school uh, tennis is that, um, I shouldn't say one of my few regrets, there's many regrets, but uh, not seeing the uh, All-Star tournament last year was a disappointment. Uh, Flagler Insurance, they understand that our future leaders are now in high school, and they've been a big supporter, and I suspect they'd be willing to do that again. Remember, if you're not subscribing to Florida Tennis or someone has taken the last copy of the magazine from your pro shop, you can always find my articles on the last two in Florida Tennis. And uh, you can also, uh, you know, that would be at www.fhstca.org. And you might also uh, find one of Jim Bart's articles uh, there, or of course, you might also find them on the Florida Tennis uh, Facebook. We try to keep you abreast of not only Florida news, but news uh, throughout America and the world, uh, but especially uh, America, because let's face it, uh, high school, uh, tennis. Uh, really goes through Florida. And, uh, if we're going to keep you abreast of what's going on, we're going to have to keep you abreast of what's going on in Florida and then take you to uh, other states and other uh, areas where uh, things are happening. Like I said, I think, we're, well, I know we're going to have an exciting show for you because uh, we have Dr. Alan Fox on. And uh, I might, uh, hopefully, I'll convince them uh, to uh, share some of uh, his uh, analysis that he does for uh, all the uh, many tournaments, but especially the Grand Slam tournaments. And uh, his classic uh, analysis, uh, uh, it's just always... uh, Fantastic. If you're part of a tennis group and you're on Facebook, uh, I know you're receiving them because there's just uh, hundreds of cop, um, copies and comments every time he does it. And maybe we'll get the good doctor to uh, discuss uh, his analysis. But of course, what we're really looking to do is uh, we want, I want to address what I'm really a common weekly occurrence, uh, and that is playing with the lead. Uh, many of you uh, know what's happened to your senior players with a 5-4 five, five, lead, and all of a sudden uh, they're struggling. Uh, that's going to be the main topic I'd like to ask the uh, good doctor about, but uh, – and I know some of you are saying, well, we can find some of that in some of Dr. Allen books, and you can. Uh, one of the things I've talked about in the past, and I don't want to discourage any of you young coaches going out there and uh, writing and uh, you know sharing what you have, because I think that's what we need mentors to share things. But there isn't really a lot of new things going, and if you haven't read Dr. Allen's books, uh, I suggest you do it, and especially uh, really tennis, winning a, a mental match. It's available electronically still on Kindle and iTunes, and uh, my wife uh, got me involved in uh, those a couple years ago, and uh, she's right. Uh, it's a lot easier reading. Uh, it's available uh, paperback uh, on Amazon in Tennis where, uh, Warehouse. And, of course, you can always get one of his autographed copies uh, just by going uh, to his website, 
uh, alanfox.net. At the end of the program, I do have some thoughts about next week's show, and I might even, depending, uh, get a question into the doctor today and get his uh, opinion. But uh, time permit, and I will give you my comments at the end. But I think I see Dr. Fox on the line now. Let me check and see. Alan, are you there? Yep, yep, I'm here, listening in very attentively. How are you doing, John? I'm doing, I'm blessed. How are you doing, doctor? Uh, I'm doing well. I, I'm, I might just add one uh, slight correction, and that is my oh, website okay. is Alan Fox Tennis, uh, all one word, A-L-L-E-N-F-O-X, and tennis, you know, dot net. Right. Okay. Well, thank and I you didn't for uh, my right. kind words about the book. Well, you know, I think uh, I've talked about this in the past, and it's a touchy subject sometimes um, because you know there's a lot of writing going on, um, and and I think that's great. And I don't want to discourage anybody writing. Most people can write a lot better than I can, but. The truth of the matter is like, people like you contributed in the past, uh, and it's great that they sit there and point out some of the same discussions that you've had, but I'd, I'd like to see a little bit more credit given to uh, what the category is about, number one. And number two, it's just personally, maybe because I'm old, I don't know, <laughs> but I hate to <laughs> sit there and hear that this is the newest and greatest thing <laughs> When it's something that somebody like you or Chuck Greasy or Dr. John Murray or other people have written about in the past. Uh, so, okay, I got that off uh, my shoulders. I know uh, today I asked you to uh, talk about people in the lead. I know you're uh, playing in the lead, and I see it more in uh, colleges and in uh, USTA events, but it's it's happening it's happening in the pros too. But I was wondering if I could just go off topic for a minute, and uh, being we just uh, had the Australian Open, and you've written such great uh, comments on the finals on both of them, would you be willing to uh, discuss them? Sure, whatever you want, John. Um, I'm at your service. So, uh, well, I, was there I anything think both in particular? Events, well, I, I think both events were great, and my own bias of being a Roger Federer fan, I enjoyed that. But I think what you talked about in the women's event, I have to say, when we talk about competition and people say there's no competition in the women's event, <laughs> Can, would you like to go from there? Well, I just thought the women's the women's final was. Uh, I know I I love Federer, so I like seeing him win. I don't care how he does it, uh, as long as he wins, uh, that's all fine. The women's event was ferociously contested, so it was interesting just to watch these two extremely competitive ladies, you know, fighting it out. I mean, they didn't. Uh, nobody gave any quarter whatsoever. It was a, uh, although, you know, what you, what you really had is you had two, uh, two people who were not uh, big hitters of the ball. Uh, you know, Wozniacki is a, is, is a great defender. She, 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 she runs great, uh, but she doesn't put, she doesn't put the ball away very often. Her opponent, opponent didn't either. So they, they were both, you know, sort of slugging it out. It became just a, a, a war of attrition. Very, very difficult. Wozniacki just kind of ran too many balls down. Did you have yeah, something I think that in, you were in one sense, it was about. I'm just saying, I think it kind of reflects some of the tennis years ago, and I think it shows some of the value of. Being an all-round player, especially if you don't have the big weapon. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, there's a lot of ways to win tennis matches. uh, And great players have done it 
you know, in various ways that are different. I mean, some people do it by offense and hitting a lot of winners and forcing their opponent into errors, just blowing them out. You know, something like Curios does that sort of thing. And mm-hmm. then you have uh, people that do it by just sort of beating their opponent down over a period of time, uh, some more consistently, body punching. Uh, who does that? Thinking about it, Ferrer did it. You know, most mm-hmm. at, at the very top, it's offense. But just below the very top, you know, it, it's possible to win with a good pair of legs and not making many mistakes. So a lot of ways to do it. The, the women's final, you know, tended to be a, a, a nutrition type of contest. So... Anyway, yeah, it was it was an awesome match, and I thought your analysis of the uh, match, well, everybody, everybody else thought so too. There was numerous, numerous uh, responses on uh, Facebook, and uh, most of them uh, were just agreeing with points that you pointed out there, and I think that was important. On the uh, men's side, the following day. Heather uh, match. I think it was a, a different match, though, and uh, and I think you pointed that out in your analysis. But the um, it almost brings me to what I had uh, said before with all these young talent coming up, and I think wow, we have some fantastic young talent coming up. But how did Feder have the year that he had last year and beat them? I think uh, it was because, in my opinion, is because he's a tennis player, and uh, these these other people were great young athletes that haven't developed the whole game of tennis yet. And uh, I fear, I I pray I'm wrong, but I don't think I'm going to be wrong is that this, uh, I don't know how much longer that can last, what he's done, because, wow, there's a lot of talent out there. Well, Federer, right, it's an interesting one. I mean, first, he he was a dominant player for a number of years when he first came up. This is 15 years ago. Uh, I think Leighton Hewitt was the guy he had to depose, and he was just too good for him. Uh, and then, and then gradually, a group of other players came up uh, to contest it with him. Uh, people like Djokovic and Nadal, uh, and he, he fought his way through for a while. And then, <clears throat> about five years ago, appeared to be slipping. Five or six years ago, he, you know, he lost. He choked in a couple of match, a couple of times in the U.S. Open against Djokovic when he served for the match which is sort of back to our original topic. But right. you, most people figured, you know, he's getting older. He was in his early 30s, and he was past it. And then here he is back now in his, in his middle 30s, and, and the, the, the guys that came up after him, you know, have sort of slipped by the wayside a bit. For instance, Nadal's getting hurt. Djokovic is rusty, just came back, wasn't wasn't his old self. Murray is gone. Uh, and so the old guard, the guys that were really contesting it heads up with him are gone. And the new group hasn't arrived yet. So right. he's, he, he's still standing while, you know, these other group, these other people have dropped away. And so here he is winning, winning the Aussie open again. Uh, and, and that Not fourth terrible, set, totally I was worried. I thought, I, I'm sorry. I was just saying, in that fourth set, I was a little worried. I I thought I saw uh, the Djokovic match happening again. Uh, am I am I right? There there was a, you know a, a little mental drop for just a moment, and then he comes back and. Uh, Fifth set, and wow. Well, uh, Chilich is very scary. And and Chilich, uh, I guess it was two years ago or so, when he won the U.S. Open. I mean, he blew everybody out. 
I mean, he's quite capable of serving people and hitting them off the court. So I was I was worried when Federer was playing him. I was, you know, Chilich is, is a nice enough person, I hear. I don't know him. But, you know, I'm a big Federer fan, so I was concerned. Yeah. Uh, Federer was up two sets to one and up in the fourth at first. And then, you know, it, it, it fell away. And, and somehow he managed to get the upper hand in the fifth early on. And then Chilich just kind of fell apart. You know, which is one of the interesting parts of tennis also. And that is, no matter what the score is, you never know what's going on with your opponent. They may look rough and, and look like they're confident and so forth, but you really don't know. And if you sort of stay with them, you know, sometimes they just collapse. And that's kind of what happened with Chilich. I mean, it wasn't so much. I mean, Federer served well in the fifth. But that you know, I don't. I didn't think he did anything spectacular on Chilich's there. Chilich has made a bunch of errors and was right. out of there. You, you, and so you just never know, uh, which is of course why it pays to always stick in there and and never give up because you just don't know what's going to happen with your opponent. Can't be sure. Yeah, I, I agree. I always, of course, coming from a basketball background, I I was a big believer in switching from defense to uh, a fast break and going from offense. And I often I used to say, you know, to uh, my team, you're not testing them. They might be, they might have went down there, but are they playing defense? You know, let's test them. Let's get down there. Let's switch. Uh, come off that board and fill the lanes, and uh, and uh, it's, it's important what you said. You just don't know looking at them if uh, what's inside. So I thought that was pretty uh, fantastic. And uh, you know, my own bias, I was glad to see it happen. But I look at these kids today uh, that are coming up. I look at that talent, and like I said earlier, I, I think they're just great, great athletes, and, but they're just not tennis players yet. And when they do become tennis players, wow, it's going to be exciting. Yeah, well, who knows? The the, the top uh, ones apparently would be Zverev and and Kyrgios, and then there's this kid, uh, Shapovalov, from the Canadian, he's 19 yeah. years old. From, wow. from Canada. He, he's actually the most interesting one to me of the bunch. I mean, Curios is, a, is a, an amazing physical talent, but he has kind of a funky game other than his serve, which is great. But Curios' mm-hmm. game is kind of funky. Uh, and so he's a great shot maker, but, but he makes mistakes. He doesn't have like a solid, you know, all-around game. Uh, to hit his winners out of. Uh, Zverev is like 6-6, fast. He's got everything. However, he just plays like everybody else, just better. I mean, (laughs) he's obviously going to get good. uh, But he's got a great serve, pounds the ball off both sides, runs quite well, does everything well. I mean, he's almost a sure thing to win a major. Uh, but this kid, Shapovo, Shapovo, however you pronounce it, he's an interesting one because he doesn't play like the other guys. He plays differently. Uh, you know, he's a, about a six-foot-tall lefty with an extraordinarily lively arm. Uh, he can hit the ball, and he doesn't just play uh, pattern points. I mean, he, he, he goes – he's very, very aggressive – goes for winners within a shot or two, within, you know, very quickly. And he volleys. He comes forward all the time when he gets a chance. He's got this, and he's got this lively arm where he can make the ball go, you know, out of nowhere. He can hit it. He's got one-handed lefty backhand, which he'll even hit a topspin serve return and come to the net behind it, which is, you don't see people doing that very often. So he, he's an interesting one, uh, but less developed than 
than Zverev. Zverev's game is a bit more mature at this point. So, but hey, you know, I'm gonna... not even counting Chung and, and, and some of the others. There's a couple of Russians, some big boys from Russia they can play. But it, 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 it is still an interesting game with Federer on the top of it. And, and I'm just I'm glad to see it. I don't know how much longer he's got. But at the moment, he's still got the got the inside track. Yeah, I don't know how much longer he has either. But I mean, uh, I think it's going to be hard for any of these new players. I mean, I'm sure they're going to come up and uh, beat him, but it's going to be hard to accomplish what he's did to win 20, uh, you know, uh, Grand Slams. I I don't see that uh, happening, but who knows. Yeah, I couldn't see it. Ha- I mean, when when Sampras won 14, I thought no one's ever going to catch this guy. I mean, way ahead of all the greats, the Emersons and Lavers and so forth. And then, and then, and then, not only does Federer pass him, but Nadal does as well. And so, <laughs> it's also interesting, you know, on my Facebook. You know, some people are commenting. Well, Federer's got kind of an easy field these days, so, you know, easier for him to win. I was thinking Federer has accumulated 20 uh, slam event wins in the last 15 years, and he's been up against the greatest players of all time. I mean, he was up against Nadal, who won, what is it, Nadal won, 16? I mean, 16. the second most of all time, at the same time Federer did. So Federer has been up. If it hadn't been for Nadal, Federer probably would have won 30 of them by now. And, and, and Djokovic as well. Djokovic has, what, won 12 or something? I mean, Federer has had to divide up the slam wins with those guys. That's a, that's a pretty tough assignment. You know, two of the other greatest players of all time. <laughs> And, and and Federer has managed to win 20, you know, in the face of it. So, pretty good. Pretty good. Very good. I know it. I'm, I'm interested. I thought about this a lot in, um, in thinking of the Canadian. And I go back and thinking, you know, when I had a shooter in basketball, I would say, keep shooting. You know, the, what do you do with a kid like that? That is, his game, like you say, is so different. But... If a young pro coming out and leaving the pro ranks uh, like you did uh, and then going, um, you know, well, you went to, well, let's say going to a school, not Pepperdine, because now there's a, an outstanding program there that you started, but going to a school like when you went to Pepperdine that didn't have a real big tennis program yet, do you think that what do you think would happen today? I mean, what do you see as the challenges? You went through that. Is it, would it be, you think, harder or easier to go in and coach at that level today? Well, it's much tougher than it was. I mean, when I went into coaching, this was in the late 70s, uh, there weren't that many strong schools. I mean, now... You know, now there's 20 or 30 schools that are really good. When I was coaching, there were barely 10 that were dangerous. Like once, once we got established at Pepperdine, uh, if we played the number 10 team in the country, we were uh, almost certain to win. Uh, if we played the 20 team, it wasn't even close. Uh, now, the top team can lose to the number 20 team in a second. I think... What's happened is a lot. They brought in more and more foreign players that are good, and right. so the game sort of leveled out. Uh, back in, in back in my day, it was mostly American players, and most of the good ones went to Stanford, UCLA, SC, or Pepperdine. And so, right. But now, that's what I'm saying. If you want to say a Division two or Division three school, if you're coaching in there. Do you, do you think coaching, you know, would you be able to use the same tools that coaching today? What the people growing up 
uh, is the athletes going into college? Is their uh, work ethics the same? Do you think? I mean, uh, are you more of a, a cheerleader or a coach? Uh, well, the, the number one trick in coaching, in college coaching, is recruiting. Okay, uh, it is somewhat the rare college coach that changes or adds a tremendous amount to a player's game. It's a recruiting deal for college coaching. Uh, you don't teach them how to play at the Division One level very much. Uh, at the at Division Two level, Division Three level, yeah, the coach becomes more important as a teacher. Uh, but at the at the very top, yeah, the the coach is more can make some changes in the games, uh, but he's more of a motivator and and a control person than he would be a teacher of the game. Now I'm making a general a general statement that of course doesn't hold in all cases. I mean, you get a really good coach, and yeah, they can change a player's game and help it. But uh, mostly, it's recruiting in college tennis. Right. Well, let's get to the question you uh, talked about it because you will find it in Division Three, and Division Two, and and some in Division One, uh, too. But you should find it uh, in the satellite tours uh, a lot. Is the person that's playing with a lead and looks to she or he looks to be in control, could be playing five four, and all of a sudden, you know, the wheels start falling off. Uh, what's happening, and what do we do as a coach? Uh, well, you know, playing with a lead uh, and choking is the most common thing I've seen in tennis. And, and it isn't just at Division One, Two, II, or Three level. It's at the very top of the pro tour. Everybody's got that problem, including Federer, including all of them. Djokovic, Federer, everybody has it. And you watch, and, and what you'll see, if, if, you, if you watch carefully, you, you see a guy get a, a break point on his opponent's serve, a 30-40 situation, and you see how often they miss the serve return or miss uh, a ground soak within two or three shots, okay? It, it, is, it is very common when they're up in a game and when they're serving for a set, uh, it's even more common. 5-4 serving for the set or 5-4 serving for the match. I mean, you see service breaks all the time in that situation. And that, that's because... The, the player ahead chokes. You know, uh, that sounds like a bad word. There's nothing wrong with choking in my book. I mean, choking nope. is part of the game. You get nervous, okay? Uh, the, the trick with choking is not to, let, not to let it get you. If you're serving 5-4, you choke, and it's 5-all, you still uh, have the advantage. You can still win. I mean, where players get in trouble is they, they choke, and then they think there's something wrong with them. Like, oh, my God, I choked. Well, of course you choke. Everybody chokes sometimes. You know, you just don't let it get you. You know, choking, I would look at it very similar to, like, missing a ground stroke. I mean, you miss a forehand. No big deal. That's what people do. They miss some of them. Doesn't mean you're going to miss the next one. And choking is the same thing. You get to 5-4, you choke. Well, you may not choke if you get advantage of 6-5. You know, you, you don't know if you're going to choke or not. Just you mustn't get rattled about it. Now, the, the question would be why do people choke when they're ahead? It, it doesn't really make any sense logically. I mean, a choke is basically a fear response. You're afraid, okay? And what people are afraid of in tennis is losing. That's what they're afraid of. You know, tennis tends to be quite an emotional game. Uh, and it's very personal. And it feels, you know, particularly bad to lose a tennis match. Uh, and so people are afraid of losing. 
So you go, well, if they're afraid of losing, you know, why do they choke when they're ahead? <laughs> You'd think they would choke when they're behind and about to lose, not when they're up. And I, I don't know that anyone knows the answer to it. My own uh, feel on it, just recollecting how I felt when I choked plenty when I was ahead back in my day. But what happens is you're insecure. It happens when you're insecure about the outcome. You're not sure you're going to win. You, you, you might win, but you're up against a dangerous opponent. Uh, in that case, you're not really sure you can finish it. It's not over till, till you've actually finished. And so the, when you get ahead, the outcome is right in front of your eyes. You can almost grab it. And so there's this urge to rush and to speed up and to finish when, when you have the chance because you know very well that if you don't, the other, your opponent can turn it around on you in a hurry. And so you, you see the finish line and you start thinking about the finish uh, rather than keeping your mind on exactly what you're doing, meaning watching the ball, staying loose, playing out your game plan, you start thinking about winning the match because the goal line is so close to you, right in front of your nose. And so you think about that, and that makes, you, that makes people nervous because you can't be sure you're going to win. Maybe you will, maybe you won't. You know, when, you, when you start worrying about outcome, then you start getting nervous. I mean, the best thing to do, which is not really always possible, is to focus on very narrowly on what you're doing, you know, your game plan, your emotional control, you know, your breathing, all, all of those sorts of things that help you function as opposed to whether you're going to win the next game or you're not because you can't control that. You can control your emotions somewhat, and you can control the focus, uh, and you can control your breathing, and those are the things you have to control uh, as opposed to the outcome, which you can't control. Does that make sense? Sort of weird. Yeah, it does make sense. It makes a lot of sense, actually. And uh, and I guess we're all guilty of it, uh, keeping that focus is on what we're doing. I mean, we all preach play one point at a time, but if any one rule is broken more than any other, I think that's the rule that's uh, probably broken. Yeah, when I say the when I say that you have to get your mind away from the outcome and onto you know narrowly what you're going to do in the next few seconds, of course it's not totally possible. No matter what I say, I mean people are going to think about the outcome anyway, uh, as much as you might try not to. Uh, however, it, it's better to push it into the back of your mind rather than to deliberately focus on it, which will make the situation even worse. These are problems, by the way, that don't have any solution. There is no solution to the choking problem. It's not solvable. In other words, no matter what you do, you may still choke. You know, Uh, the trick is to minimize the problem because if you, if you behave poorly, you will maximize it and become a bigger problem. And so you, you want to, you want to, you know, diminish it as much as possible. That's why I say you you push outcome into the back of your mind and in the front of your mind you fill it with what you're going to do in the next second, keeping your hands loose, watching the ball, relaxing, you know, feeling aggressive, those kinds of things as opposed to whether you're going to win the next game or not. Uh, but, But it's not possible to forget totally about whether you want to win because everybody knows they want to win, and it's in, the, in your mind whether you like it or not. You, know, you just try to minimize, minimize the issue. Yeah, and uh, I think one of the things that uh, I can't help to uh, think, I listened to Chuck Reese's uh, broadcast uh, yesterday, and I, I disagree with a lot of, uh, what he said, but I think you know people 
people will sit there and read all your books, and they're gonna. It's gonna help them so much to because it's gonna happen to all of us that everybody chokes. If you're gonna, if you're involved in sports, there's a time you're gonna choke, and it's it's part of playing sports. But one of the things that are we do you feel we're helping or hurting? Uh, with the uh, changing of the score, going to tiebreakers and everything. I, I know for old people like me, it, it's good. And for young players uh, that are enjoying the game recreationally, you get more in. I understand the arguments on, on uh, you know, for TV and everything, keeping a set time. But as an athlete, and you're and you're reading this stuff that and your books and everything is that helping your development of the game? Do you feel, or is it hurting it, or do you have a comment on it? You mean with going to more tiebreakers as opposed to playing right. outsets and matches in the long way? Uh, right. I, I think it changes the game. Is it good or bad? I'm not sure. For instance, it depends why you would do it. I, I think uh, Chuck Creasy is quite correct that the old scoring system, the deuce-add scoring system, and long sets, that, that benefits the better player. I mean, the longer the match, the more likely the better player is to win it. And it does put a premium on prolonged concentration and conditioning, physical conditioning. So all, all that's to the good. But it, it depends what you're up to. Uh, if, if it's interest for TV then the tiebreakers are a benefit, okay? Because the, the long sets, you know, can get dull for the average person to sit and watch it. Uh, I mean, in my own opinion, three out of five sets, though it's a much better test of who's the better player, uh, it, it can be a bit of a drag for the audience. You know, to me, if, if I were, like, promoting the event, trying to sell it, you know, I wouldn't do three out of five sets. I'd do two out of three sets, you know, because we'll get to the interesting part more in a hurry. And I'll tell you what I, what I compare it to, and that's boxing. For instance, when, when fights, when boxing matches started, I don't know, a century ago or whenever they were promoting them with John L. Sullivan and those people, they used to fight until one person couldn't come out of the corner. You know, that, that would be the best test of who's the best fighter is, is who's still standing at the end of it, of course. Uh, however, the, the fights went on for 50 rounds or something. And so it was un, impractical from a commercial standpoint. So they cut it to 15 and then had uh, referees deciding who won wh- which round. Well, that's not as good a test of fighting, but it's more marketable. And so from Chuck Creasy's standpoint, I certainly understand that it's a better test of tennis, three out of five sets, and no tiebreakers at all. That would be the best test. But now you put in tiebreakers because the sets were endless sometimes. You know, you could have some very, very long sets, which got very, very boring for the audience. So it depends what you're trying to do. I'm not sure how much... The tiebreaker, uh, these like no ad scoring system, uh, is going to help things. If it really helps from an audience standpoint, okay. Uh, from a tennis standpoint, it's a different game. When you have a sudden death, like they're playing one, two, three, and four points is game. That's what Chuck's talking about. Right. And, that's a different that's a different mentality entirely there the whole thing is a sprint there, you know each point becomes very important because you're very close to that tiebreaker point no matter what the score in the game you know at at one all you're only a couple points away from a sudden death situation so it becomes a very high pressure game where there's no uh point like deuce where you can rest. Uh, you don't have deuce-add situations. It's, it's a sprint to the end of the game, and so it's pressure the whole way. It, it's high-pressure tennis. Is that better? 
more interesting to watch. I'll say that. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not as much a game of attrition then as it is a sprint. You know, just a high-pressure sprint, and it's shorter. It depends now, what you're trying to You brought up boxing uh, there because uh, uh, as an old boxing fan who went to championship matches throughout this country and and even leaving this country to see matches and and trying it and unsuccessfully in the Marine Corps, finding out I wasn't uh, a boxer. But I think of uh, how the boxing was so popular today, uh, it isn't that popular. And I guess my... And what I worry about, maybe I shouldn't worry at my age, shouldn't worry about uh, 30 years from now or 40 years from now. I just wonder if if we're not competing enough and if the game isn't as as exciting as we don't have as much talent as we have uh, playing that, that I think I've been blessed to see in tennis. Uh, is tennis going to be the game? And uh, you know, I don't know. That's the question I haven't solved in the back of my mind yet. And my, my wife says to me that <laughs> Bobby says at your age you shouldn't worry about it. Maybe I should. Yeah. I don't know. Well, neither of us are going to have to worry about it from uh, 30 years out from now. Uh, but uh, mm-hmm. I'm not worried about lack of talent coming into the game or anything of the sort. There's plenty of talent coming in. These young players coming up are bigger, faster, stronger than they ever were. The game is much better than it used to be, Uh, I mean, in terms of talent. Is it more interesting? I'm not sure. You know, uh, I thought it was more interesting uh, back when the ball wasn't hit as hard because the points had to be maneuvered and finished usually at the net. It was hard to finish it off the ground. Now there's so much power in the game. I, I often wonder if someone wasn't really knowledgeable about tennis, wouldn't they get bored watching it? Because to an outsider, every point looks kind of the same. You know, whack a forehand, whack a backhand, running, hitting, running, hitting. You know, uh, it, it looks sort of repetitious. I kind of, I kind of liked it when people like slice and maneuvered an opening, and then came to the net and finished it off. Interesting to me. On the other hand, you know, the game is better than it ever was. I mean, these players today would, in my opinion, beat the players of yesterday handily. You know, they're better athletes, and they hit the ball harder off both sides. I don't think the old guys could have stood up to it. So... But I'm not worried about talent coming in. I can't argue what you do, and I agree with most of your points. Uh, um, You didn't solve uh, my question, though, is it going to, you know, what's going to happen 20, 30 years from now? But uh, I don't know. I I guess, um, but I do think uh, what we need in the industry is conversation like we just had with you and, Bringing up every point, I, I'm, I'm afraid that, uh, in our, well, I guess our industry is no different than uh, what's happening in America now. Is every, I don't think everybody listens to things. They have preconceived ideas, and they listen to a point where they can interject something. And um, I think people like you and your comments uh, are needed, and I think we have to sit there and open up conversations. Uh, I know uh, I uh, sat there and uh, I'm as you said to uh, Chuck, I will, uh, I don't know uh, how how much help I could be because I have more questions than answers, unfortunately, but uh, I think I owe something to the game of tennis. It's been good to me, so therefore, uh, am I a tennis patriot? I guess I uh, I have to be, but I, I, I think we've – I guess that's why I, I think tennis is – well, not just tennis, but all sports are – I think it's what we need for our republic. I think we need it, and probably we need it in America 
more than we need at any other place because sports is going to help you compete. And, and most of the people, I think, are going to compete right. We don't uh, – we read about the people that don't and hear about the people that don't. But I don't think competition is a bad word. So I don't know. No, I don't, I don't think so to, By the way, I, I just want to add one thing, which when I was – years ago, I used to – you know, see varsity sports uh, played at universities and think to myself, that is so much uh, peripheral, so peripheral to, to the learning that's going on at the university. You know, uh, the, the classes are the important part and this, uh, the athletics are kind of uh, a stepchild, a minor appendage, but actually in my experience in the real world, uh, the, the, the best training for young people is sports. It's far more important as far as the real world is concerned than whatever classes you might take, unless you're going to be specifically an engineer or a doctor or something. But in general, y- you learn about the real world in, in sport. I mean, that's, that that's where you find out about hard work and the emotional control and long-term goals, all those things. That's, that's what's important in the real world. And that's the stuff you learn, you know, really in, in the athletic fields, you know, in tennis in particular, you learn that but you learn in any of these, in any tough, you know, hard work, sport, swimming, running, any of them, you know, those people learn some lessons that you can't just tell them about. Those are like the real world lessons. Anyway, just wanted to mention that, John. Well, I, I'm so glad you did because I, <laughs> I couldn't agree with you more. And I, I really believe, and I know we can't solve all the problems in a short period of time, but in our education system, my fear, truthfully, is uh, uh, does – uh, athletics become a uh, activity rather than a sport. In uh, uh, well, well, I think it is in most high schools now, and uh, you know, will that happen in college? And, and naturally, I have a bias of high school and college, but I mean, I look at you know the pros that were coming up. They was college was like a training ground from them. I mean, you came from being an All-American and everything, and went and you into the pros and you struck. Uh, you know, uh, you didn't strike fear in there, but you uh, sat there and competed and competed for a while. And then you came back and get into the game. I'm just not sure. That's my concern. I'm not. I'm not. Don't know if I'm seeing that now, and maybe I'm expecting too much. I don't know. Yeah, I, I mean, who knows? I'm, I'm not really sure what you're concerned about. I mean, to me, the game is like it always was. There are people that are in it deeply and love it and like competing, and they stay in it afterwards, and I don't think that's changing any. I mean, some people just love tennis, and they stay in tennis. I mean, I did. I was one of them. I didn't intend to, uh, but I stayed in. <laughs> I mean, I, weirdly enough, I, I, just along the points I was making, I mean, I was a physicist undergrad. You know, I studied a lot of math and science and so forth, and I don't use any of it. <laughs> the, only, the stuff that, that, that I found valuable was the stuff I learned on the tennis court, you know, all those geometry and math courses, that was all fine and dandy, uh, but not particularly useful in the real world. So, anyway. Well, that's an important statement, and uh, I, I hope that continues. That We need more people like you that play the game and then stay in it. Uh, uh, my, my wife just... Uh, uh, gave me a package today, and in it was a T-shirt, and uh, I need another one. I have six thousand eight hundred ninety-four. <laughs> but but it's, on it it says, "My time in uniform is over." Semper Fidelis in the Marine Corps emblem. But being a Marine never ends, and uh, and I hope that goes. And I don't think it's just uh, Marines. I think 
people that every service person feels that, no matter what branch of service it is. And um, maybe I worry over nothing. I just hope that's the case that we uh, keep giving back and. Uh, uh, mentors like you are just so important, and and we killed the whole show already. I went off topic today, but uh, I, I knew you would have uh, many of the answers for you. I took advantage of you. I apologize for that, but uh, I like to. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll recover, John. Don't worry. <laughs> I, 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 I can absorb such things without you know being uh, having a trauma on my head of some sort. So you're welcome to, uh, we can play around with anything we want. <laughs> yeah. Yes, we are. We are blessed that way. And I think when, you, uh, and I think we just need more conversation like that. I look forward to next month's conversation with you. Uh, we will come up with a subject and I'll try uh, to keep my and stay on topic, but it's, uh, uh, we respect care. mentors no, like you. You just—it's hard to do because when you have weak minds like mine, you're always exploring. Well, luckily nobody really cares what the topic is, as long as it makes some sense. You know, as long as we make sense, I think people will listen in. If, if we stop, well, that'll be a problem. Well, anyway, I agree you with care, you, John. I thank you for having me on. Okay, we, thank we you do for it again being on. I look forward to next month's conversation. Uh, I well, would like to here, remind John. you that you can go to alanfoxtennis.net and you can uh, get his uh, book, uh, Tennis. Uh, winning the mental match is a big part of uh, the game of tennis, and it's uh, a big part of uh, life. Competition is not a dirty word, like I have often said. It's something we're going to do our whole life, and uh, and his other books are useful, you know, as far as that. I think sports is uh, it's a mirror to life, and I think that's the important thing. I will remind you that uh, next week, uh, next Thursday, is Coach Chuck Reese. It's the second Thursday of the month, and that means Coach Chuck Reese is uh, with us. And uh, I'm sure he's going to... Uh, bring out his points and uh, try to uh, recruit you uh, to be, uh, come a tennis uh, patriot in uh, his um, belief of what we need to restore an American tennis as a priority. And I guess this is a time in America where uh, I do think our president says well, He's president of uh, America, the United States, not president of the world. And uh, America comes first, and he will uh, work at that. And personally, uh, I agree with him. But when he was in Switzerland, he reminded everybody there that they should be looking out for their country first, and he has no objection to that, and I don't think anybody should. So, uh, By the way, the president uh, knows they're, they're doing that. The, 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 the president knows very well that all the countries are, are uh, behaving for their own self-interest. That's the way of the world. I mean, what, what the president was, was speaking against was all the other countries are taking care of themselves, and we're taking care of all the other countries instead of ourselves, which, you know, he didn't, he, he, he didn't approve of. I don't either. I'd like to see yeah, us take yeah. care of our own citizens Number one, you know, and then what we have left over, we can be generous with, but not to the detriment of our own citizens. Yeah, I agree with that. And uh, and if if you don't agree, the one thing I remind you all the time, uh, let me know, Coach Denise.fhstca at att.net. Uh, I will share your views. I don't take calls uh, on the air. Uh, I'm late getting into the 21st century. Uh, the Lord willing, you will continue to read my views in uh, Florida Tennis Magazine. And like I've done it before, uh, I will express your views. If uh, I might not agree with you, but I do listen to you. Uh, you know, a few issues ago, uh, 
asking the question is uh, high school tennis and after school activity or a sport in your community I had uh, response from this show from Germany and from uh, Great Britain saying I should be happy that we have sports in uh, uh, high school and they don't have that in Europe and uh, I did put that in my next article in Florida tennis so I don't expect everybody to agree with me, and I will uh, share your views if you want to express them, as long as you can express them without being argumentative. Uh, I'm, I think I'm, uh, I have a big mouth, but I think I'm a good listener, too. Have a blessed week, and please tune in next week. And uh, go out and do yourself a favor and go to alanfoxtennis.net, and I'm sure... Uh, you will find it very rewarding. Talk with you next week. Bye-bye.